name is Patrick McGillray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, running coach, and mindset expert. I believe mindset is the most powerful and most underrated tool you have as a runner. So I've devoted my life to helping runners like you develop the mindset you need to fuel your inner fire and become the badass runner you were meant to be. This is the Running Mind Podcast. Hey there and welcome to the Running Mind Podcast. My name is Patrick McGilvray. I am your host today. Well, I guess every day. Uh, today, I've got an awesome interview to share with you. Uh, I talked with Ian Burrell a while back. And if you don't know who Ian Burrell is, he is a uh, 213 marathoner. And in 2015, he finished 25th at the World Championships in Beijing, which tells you how fierce the competition was that he finished 25th with a time of 213. Crazy. Um, Ian is officially retired from elite competition. He still runs. He lives in Colorado Springs with his wife and kids. And he even talks about like, which is harder running the marathon at the elite level or being a parent of small children. So you can get into that. But we talked about setting goals, but letting go of the results. We talked about his experience, his incredible experience running the world championships in Beijing. Such a cool story. Um, how he mentally prepares for events like that. And just, it was a really fun conversation. He's such a great guy. I know you're going to get a lot out of this. So I will stop talking. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Ian Burrell. All right. Well, today I'm joined by uh, Ian Burrell. And am I saying that the right way? By yeah, the way? that's correct. 100% Ian Burrell. Right. Awesome. Um, and we're just going to talk a little bit about really uh, kind of what it takes to uh, accomplish some some big things at the elite level of running. Um, I don't want to give too much away, so I'm just going to let you, Ian, kind of tell us like uh, how you got your start, like why running for you? You know, sure. What what, what was it that got you to uh, be interested in that? Yeah, absolutely. So running for me, uh, it kind of started with my family. Uh, my dad was a runner in college and it was something that he tried to get me uh, into at an early age. I resisted quite a bit. Uh, when I was younger, I wanted to play soccer. I wanted to play basketball, um, mm -hmm. wanted to play other sports, uh, and it wasn't too interested in running. Uh, but as I kind of got older and, uh, realized that uh, my 5'6", 130-pound frame wasn't going to be the next uh, all-star point guard, uh, I started looking at some other running or, or some other sports, and that kind of led me to running uh, as an outlet. And uh, I always had a ton of energy as a kid as well. So uh, my parents were probably pretty happy when I started running uh, to kind of mellow me out a little bit. Uh, so as I started, you know, I probably didn't run seriously until uh, maybe sophomore or junior year of high school. And uh, before that point, you know, I'd never really trained a whole lot, just was kind of off and on. And um, uh, that those years, probably later sophomore year, early junior is when I started to become more dedicated uh, towards it, started training in the summers. Uh, and really started putting in uh, miles in, in pursuit of accomplishing my goals. Uh, and from there, it was just, you know, kind of one, one, uh, one goal after the other. 
I will say um, in starting running, one of the things that uh, I'll always remember is uh, I remember telling my dad, uh, hey, you know, dad, I, I want to be a really good runner. Uh, and I was expecting to get this, uh, oh, that sounds great. Let's, uh, let's get started. That's, that's awesome. Uh, but as soon as I said that, he turned to me and said, all right, well, talk is cheap. So you better go out and start doing it then. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, I kind of always had that in the back of my mind that, all right, yeah, you know, I, I have the goals, I can say it, but it's time to go out and actually do it. And, you know, I kind of put my head down from there and just started accomplishing uh, one goal after the other, Uh, obviously didn't, you know, accomplish all my goals that I wanted to, but that's, that's the way it goes with running. But Uh, that's what kind of led me to my start. Cool. Was there uh, a moment in time when you can look back and go like, that was the moment that like got me hooked on running. I know for me, it was, uh, running my first marathon. You know, I'd run a a couple of five K's and like a 10 K, but then when I ran my first marathon, you know, I trained terribly, uh, Mm -hmm. trained on my own, didn't really know what I was doing. I think my longest run was 16 miles. And I was like, yeah, close enough, you know. And then the moment I crossed that finish line at my first uh, Flying Pig Marathon here in Cincinnati, the moment I crossed that finish line, I felt all the feelings, you know, just that elation, the joy, the sense of accomplishment. And my first thought was, man, I need to do that again. And yeah. it was just like <laughs> hooked. I was hooked in that. Was there a moment like that for you that was just like, man, that I, I need to do more of this? Um, to an extent, yes. But, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head that it's uh, you kind of can boil it down to a decision that you make where you make a decision and it's that, hey, I need to do this. I need to start running more. I need to train for me. Um, that decision is something I made and it was kind of around that same time of, uh, you know, my sophomore freshman year in high school where my decision wasn't necessarily that, Hey, I I love to run. This is something that I really enjoy doing and want to be a part of. It was, Hey, I want to be really good at something and Mm -hmm. I have this talent right now. Uh, in running and I want to get everything I can out of it and try to be the best runner that, you know, I, that I can possibly be through training. You know, my goal at the very beginning was to be, you know, gold medal at the Olympics. And that was my singular focus. And that was my decision that I made at that time. And it was no matter where uh, my career took me, it was, it always was going to end up on the top box at the Olympics. That's what I wanted uh, more than anything. And from that age, um, most of my goals and my training was geared towards that. That was what I was going to do. And it was that decision that, you know, similar to your experience when you finished your marathon, you had that, you know, kind of moment where you said, okay, this is what I'm going to do. My moment was sometime in in uh, early high school where I said, this is what I want to do and I need to do everything I can in order to accomplish that. Uh, so first of all, amazing that you, how old were you when you said you uh, made that decision to like, you were going to go to the Olympics? 
You know, I was probably 13, 14 years old. Oh my God. Uh, so that's maybe amazing. freshman. So yeah, that's, I always wanted to do something like that. Um, and I was pretty determined to get there. <laughs> you know, I, I work with a lot of uh, runners and one of the things I tell them is like, you know, if you want to be a, uh, a marathon runner, then you have to become a marathon runner, you know, months before that race. You yeah. know, if you want to be a, uh, a Boston qualifier, then you need to be a Boston qualifier today so that in six months you are ready to do that. Um, a lot of people think they have to, you know, do all this work to become that thing and then they will, you know, accomplish the goal. But it's it's a matter of making that decision like mm-hmm. you made at such an early age um, to be a gold medalist, you know, to be in the Olympics. And you um, got very close to that, you know, you got very close. So tell us a little bit about that story and that arc and how that worked oh, yeah. out for you. Um, yeah. So since that choice, you know, I kind of had a love hate relationship with running because <laughs> Obviously, as you know, um, didn't become a gold medalist, uh, never became an Olympian, uh, made a couple world teams uh, for the United States and represented the United States at the, uh, it was the 2012 half marathon championships and then the uh, 2015 world championships in the marathon track and field uh, in Bulgaria and in Beijing was where the world championships were. Bulgaria was the half marathon. So some cool parts along the way. And I had to learn acceptance um, Mm. towards the later part of my career that, you know, everything that I've been striving for uh, probably isn't going to happen. And I'm not going to, uh, you know, I had to pivot. And my pivot was to go to law school, become an attorney and help support my family. Uh, And that's where, you know, I kind of had that moment where I said, okay, that that's what I need to do. Uh, And that's what helped suits my family. But it was difficult. Um, And there was certainly uh, some very depressing times, you know, months of kind of dark, depressing uh, stretches where I had to go through until I kind of accepted, hey, uh, you know, this is where my path is going. And it was actually when I accepted that that I actually had some of my best races uh, because I wasn't racing as Mm -hmm. tense as I as I was. So. You know, it's interesting. You make this decision and it's a very firm decision of this is what I want to do. But then the folks that I saw having the most success were the folks that said, "Okay, I've made this decision. This is what I'm going to do. And then it was, "Okay, now I can relax. Let's just go do it. Uh, I didn't always nail the relaxing part of it. And I knew a lot of guys who also didn't nail the relaxed part of it. And the guys that could relax and accomplish and and, and uh, still strive towards their goals were the guys that I saw having probably some of the most success. Um, and I think I, uh, you know, it, it wasn't until I had that frame of mind that I actually had some of my better races, um, which I, you learn after years of kind of beating your beating your head against the wall. Why am I not racing well? Uh, and then after you have that acceptance of, hey, I'm, whatever happens, I'm just going to go out there and uh, do what I can. And once you kind of have that mentality, I felt like you had, uh, 
I had some of my best races and that seemed to be a constant throughout the elite running scene too. Interesting. So you sort of let go of, so you set the goal, you know, obviously you want to be at the top, but then you kind of let go of the outcome a little bit. You let go of the, yeah, or you don't have such a hard grip on the, on the outcome and then things become easier. Yeah. Yeah. You don't come be, you kind of let go of being so results oriented Mm -hmm. um, where you kind of have it in the back of your mind, but with running, you're always pushing yourself to the limit. And sometimes you can push yourself too far. With me, I was pushing myself too far. Mm. And you learn that uh, as you get older um, and as you run more and more, you'll get better and better. Uh, and you'll need to find it. That's why having a coach is so important because a coach that understands, hey, this is a person that needs to be pushed. Some coach say, this guy doesn't need any pushing at all because if I push him, I'm going to push him over the edge. That's why having someone advising you on, hey, you need to rein it in a little bit, um, or if you're someone that needs to be pushed, uh, you have a coach that kind of helps in that regard. And that's why that's so, so important. I had a, I think my best coach I had was in college um, and he knew not to push me uh, because I had that. Uh, deep down and he knew that if he pushed me uh, I would go into a tailspin because I'd go over uh, my limit I'd get sick I'd get injured uh, and that would be that Um, I actually went back to him when I made my pivot to law school I went back to that coach and we had a great working relationship together and he was just an advisor he was someone I bounced ideas off of and sometimes that's what a coach is um, but sometimes your coach is your motivator too. If you need to be pushed, your coach is instrumental for that. For me, that wasn't a good fit. And I had some folks that were, you know, more of the motivational type, more of the pushing type, and that didn't work for me. Um, but having someone that in that corner to kind of keep that decision alive and running, that's, that's invaluable. Cool. Uh, And I want to go back to something you said about like setting your goals and maybe not being so, um, you know, having that hard grip on the outcome, uh, loosening the grip a little bit. And one thing I like to remind people is like, okay, it's good to set this goal. Let's say you set a goal of like, you know, um, qualifying for Boston and and you work hard and, you know, you become that Boston qualifier. And then you work hard. You do the things that a Boston qualifier would do. You train the way they would train. You eat the way they would eat. You know, you rest the way they would rest. And then when that time comes, whether you accomplish that goal or not, who, who are you now? Who, who have you become on the way? Yep. You know, and that's such a such a important thing that people miss sometimes because they think my goal is to set out to be a gold medalist, the top in the world. But you accomplish so much on your way to that, whether you hit that particular goal or not, you became one of the top, you know, marathoners in the world, right? And, you know, that's an amazing accomplishment, you know, uh, I would never look at you and say, oh, you failed. Yeah, <laughs> you <know? yeah. laughs> and it, it took me a while to not uh, not think that way, too, and say, look back with uh, some fondness on the career and say, hey, 
you know, you did the best you could with the information you had. Did you screw up in certain areas? Yeah, absolutely. We all do. Uh, but the journey was pretty amazing. Um, so now that it's kind of run its course, uh, pun intended, I guess, uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun to look uh, look back and say, okay, you know, that that was a pretty cool period. Um, you know, my wife and I accomplished a lot because I couldn't have done it without her. Uh, we had our first uh, child in law school. Um, and if she wasn't on board with my training, I wouldn't have made those world teams. Uh, mm-hmm. She was she was there um, supporting me uh, in many other ways. So without that, that it, it couldn't have happened. So we kind of look back and say, wow, that was that, that was a lot of fun. Um, it, it was cool that we did that. Um, and that took some time to, to kind of accept. But, yeah, looking back now, it was it, we had a good a, a good time. What would you say is your, um, I don't want to say like your biggest accomplishment, but like what's like your proudest moment running? Proudest moment? Uh, when I look back and there were two, two points of my life where I kind of stopped and uh, finished the race and was just elated for, you know, a couple hours saying, man, I, it's finally accomplished what I wanted to. Um, this was a big goal, got it. And it was, you know, kind of looked back and said, yeah, that was, that was amazing. It was my first state championship as a high schooler. Mm. Um, that's what I, you know, that was kind of the first step in high school is to win that state title. And I remember that was probably one of the biggest positive feelings I had. And then the second was the first time I broke 14 minutes in the 5K. Um, and that was my senior year uh, college, I think, uh, in Arkansas. And I remember getting done with that and thinking, wow, that was, that was truly amazing. Um, after that, uh, you know, there were um, some highs, uh, but some real lows when I was really driving. But after that, there was just a lot of positivity um, in my law school days. And then post-law school, uh, getting my career started when I was still running very competitively. Uh, the highs were never super, super high, but the lows weren't very low. And I thought that was uh, a pretty good way to, to handle it, um, where it was very even keel. And it was mostly just a positive experience overall. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, more even after that that's awesome for you you said 14 minutes and then i was gonna i was thinking you were gonna say like a two mile run or something like that and you said a 5k and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> smoking fast yeah um it was a fun day <laughs> yeah so you know i know you've run you know uh 213 marathon i mean that's just i can't imagine that um I did a two thirteen half recently, so I felt pretty good about that. <laughs> um, but like, what? How do you mentally prepare for that? Like, what do you? What something that you do to mentally prepare for uh, a really grueling, uh, you know, really tough marathon like that? Yeah. So um, you kind of mentioned it earlier when you said, you know, you become a Boston qualifier before you qualify. And for me, it's that preparation that gets you ready. Mm. Um, I feel that the 
hardest point or the most difficult point mentally uh, in leading up to a marathon isn't necessarily mile 20 or mile 21. It's day 75 of your training block and you have to get up at 5 a.m. where there's no energy in the world. You have to manufacture all your energy. It's cold. Uh, You know, you're in Cincinnati. I'm in Colorado Springs. We both get snow. We both get cold weather. Uh, It's 5 a.m. You've already have 75 days of high intensity, high volume running, and you have 45 to 60 days more to go. And here you are, you know, you have to get this run done and you're running on fumes or feel like you are at that point. And um, you have to get out there and do it. And I feel like that's the most mentally difficult point in the race. Once you're in the race, you're, you know, that's when it's showtime. That's when you have, you know, the spotlight there and that's kind of the big test. Um, so the energy I think is there and I think it's fun. You have folks around you, you have the atmosphere and, uh, you know, if you need to, you kind of go back and say, okay, you know, I, I put in the, the hard yards before, uh, when there was no one out there cheering for me and there was no atmosphere and it was tough. Um, and, and if I was able to do that, I certainly will be able to put one foot in front of the other and, and keep on uh, uh, trucking until this marathon is done. Yeah, so you <laughs> sort of treat the race as like a uh, as the celebration of the training in oh, a yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Hardest thing is to get to a, a marathon starting line feeling good, feeling fresh, and uh, and feeling healthy and feeling positive. That's the toughest thing. I think is the preparation more so than the actual race. And that says a lot because the race is, (laughs) the race is a bear. Uh, The race is tough. Um, You go into some uh, different emotions during the race, but training as well. So if you're able to do the prep, you certainly are able to do the marathon. Yeah. So what do you do in those moments when you're in that race and you're, you're, um, feeling those emotions or the self-doubt or the fear or the anxiety or the, you know, you get those voices in your head. Like, how do you quiet those voices? What do you, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. You simplify everything. It's one foot in front of the other. Keep going. Keep uh, your momentum. Keep uh, springing off your back foot. Keep putting out your front foot and just keep going. Um and you'd be surprised uh, with a marathon, you go through peaks and valleys where you'll have high points and you'll have low points. And if you can get through those low points by just keeping one foot in front of the other, uh, you're going to have a pretty good result. And for me, it was the 2015 world champs in Beijing. Um, I was feeling horrible uh, from about 15 K on. So about nine miles into the marathon, I'm thinking, holy cow, this is going to be a long day. Uh, It was about 100 degrees on the uh, surface level, and I was getting dropped. Um, I was probably in about 70th place and uh, having people screaming by me. And you're nine miles in, you're thinking, all right, well, (laughs) what's going to happen next? Uh, And I remember just thinking, all right, 
just one foot in front of the other. Let's see what happens. Get to the next mile, then get to the next mile, then get to the next mile and win the miles um, and break it down into increments. And as I was doing that, I noticed that people were starting to come back to me um, and you would pick people off one at a time. And every once in a while, you'd have a, a, a Go USA in Beijing, which is a lot of fun to hear. Um, so that would pick you up. And, you know, you just kind of keep fighting and keep punching uh, until eventually, you know, I got into about uh, uh, 30th place with a couple miles to go. And I had an individual say, hey, you're in 30th place. And I thought, holy cow, how did I get here? Um, and then you just continue to pick people off. You know, at that point I was riding high and, uh, ended up being 25th in the world, uh, on that day, uh, running into Olympic stadium in Beijing. That was a lot of fun, uh, really cool. And I actually timed it right because I went into the stadium right with a, uh, with a Chinese guy. So they loved seeing their national there. I just, Figured it was all for me. So <laughs> uh, it was probably about the loudest cheers I've ever heard. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Boston Marathon was the exact same story where I was feeling terrible early on. I uh, was getting passed up and just kept putting one foot in front of the other and end up getting 13th at Boston. But it was amazing how similar those two stories were. It was the exact same race strategy. Uh, where it was difficult conditions and you didn't run as fast, but you're placed well. And it was, if those two stories um, didn't hammer that idea home that, Hey, the marathon is something that you're going to have tough times. You just need to put one foot in front of the other and win a few miles uh, before you start feeling better again. You know, I don't know what does because those were two prime examples for me. And that I've got goosebumps like that story of, of Beijing is amazing. Just, uh, yeah, I, I can just imagine being there and, and feeling, um, all those feelings, you know, running into that stadium, how amazing. Um, but it sounds like one of the things you did and one of the things that you do to kind of quiet those voices in your head, so to speak, is to get out of your head and get into your body. You know, you said things like one foot in front of the other, just, you know, kicking with that back foot, you know, win the mile. So you're just getting into your body, like, you know, yeah. taking out the emotional, mental part of it and making it more about the physical part of it. Cause you've done the work, you know, mm -hmm. you've done the training, you're there, you showed up. Um, and yeah, showing up to the start line, I did a hundred miler a couple of years ago. And I, you know, I said the whole, during my training is like, if I get to the start line of that race, I will have accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because the, that's the hard part. I mean, it was like a, you know, nine, 10 months of a lot of miles, you know, I put in a lot of miles and, uh, showing up at that start line, no matter what happened during that race, whether I finished it or not, I did, but, um, I, I felt inside, like just getting to the start line is more than most people would, uh, even dream of happening right <laughs> right oh yeah i got an intruder yeah oh no <laughs> yeah oh, cute should be. all right hold on give me a quick second i'll have uh get my dog just as a uh, as a side note for any of your um 
athletes or anyone else that you coach um, thinking that they don't have the mental toughness or the fortitude to take on a marathon. Uh, I've taken on a marathon and I've been a dad. Being a dad is far more difficult and far more. <laughs> so if you can, uh, if you can raise children, you can do a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. And, and I look at people like you, Ian, who are like the elite athletes and I look at, you know, some of the, um, top ultra runners or, or marathon runners in the world today. And I, I can't help but think that there's not that much difference between you and I. You know, you made that decision at a very early age that you were going to be a world-class athlete. And when you made that decision, you became that world-class athlete. And then every decision you made from then on was easy for you because you knew mm -hmm. exactly where you were going, you know? Um, and I don't think it's like, oh, well, certain people are just built differently or, you know, you know, have more natural talent. Um, I think it's more about the decision-making, you know, it's just about the, yeah. the mindset, you know, it's really about the, you know, um, and this, this idea of like, we've, you know, talked about it a couple of times now, like, you know, stepping into that identity of a, ultra marathon or, or a marathon uh, or a Boston qualifier or whatever it is. And then all those decisions you make along the way um, set you up for that because you're, you have this clear path of where you want to go. So it's not really a matter of like, oh, well, this guy's special in some way, you know, although I think, you know, you've accomplished some amazing things. Um, we all have that in us. We all have that ability in us. And it almost breaks my heart sometimes when I hear people say like, oh, you know, you know, that I'll post something on Facebook about running or something. Oh, I, I could never do that. You know, oh, you've got, you know, something different. You know, there's something different about you. And I could never run a half marathon or a 10K or whatever it is. And it kind of breaks my heart. I'm like, you can. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. You know, the elite runners um you're exactly right that we're really no different from everyone else that lines up on the starting line i mean we're on our own heads sometimes we're our own worst enemies we're neurotic um and we you know make a lot of errors along the way um but it's the exact same some of the same personalities out there um so there i i wouldn't think that there's really all that much different and in fact, you'd be surprised, um, you know, if you walk into a room full of, you know, uh, elite runners and you and it's at a, you know, just a regular a bar or something, you probably wouldn't be able to pick them out from uh, from the regular fair because uh, we do fit in pretty well. And uh, we're really not not all that different from everyone else. They'd be the guys that are drinking more and eating more than everybody else at the bar, probably, right? We consume a bit more. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to yeah, get those calories running, in. <laughs> yeah. When you're running 100 miles a week, it's easy to eat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm going to ask you this question, and I'm not sure exactly how to phrase it. So I'm just going to say it the way I have it kind of written here, which is like, um, in order to perform at that elite level, in order to accomplish these goals, what do you have to believe about yourself? Uh, I think you have to believe that you're going to get it done. Um, you have to believe that you can. 
if you don't think you can, then you're not going to wake up in the morning to go run because there's that, there's that sliver of doubt. Hmm. Um, you have to believe that uh, your process and that your uh, training plan is going to get you to where you're going. Uh, and there can't be any doubt uh, because if there is doubt, uh, the sport is too physically grueling to, uh, to have doubts and still get to where you want to go. Uh, it's too easy to say, well, I don't really want to go for this run. You know, I don't want to put in this week. Um, it, you have to be hundred percent committed to doing it. Otherwise you'll, you'll cut corners just because of how physically demanding the sport is. Mm. It is a physically demanding sport, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Highest impact sport there is, you know, football is tough. Um, and certainly difficult, but running, you know, you're catching, catching your body weight on every step you're going through, uh, asphalt, concrete, you know, trails, hopefully, uh, sometimes rocks, roots, twisted ankles, all sorts of things. So yeah, it can be, it's tough. Uh, and the mental toughness too, I think is, is one of the, um, uh, definitely a factor to, to consider, you know, as far as the toughness of the sport goes, mm -hmm. because, you know, you're not, it's, you're typically not part of a team of runners. You're not part of, you know, a group of people that are, you know, like a football player on a team or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're out there on your own and it's just, you got to make it happen. You know, you're not relying on anybody else. And sometimes that can be, does that feel overwhelming sometimes for you? Uh, it's a good question. I wouldn't say overwhelming. Um, you know, you're certainly kind of the hero of your own narrative out there. Um, mm. cause you kind of have to be, uh, I'd say it gets lonely certainly. Um, because you'll have runs where, you're the only one out there because everyone is doing something else or, you know, schedules don't uh, match up and you have to go uh, slog through a 20-mile uh, long run uh, on your own. Um, but you try to handle it as best you can. In law school, I had two great friends that would come out with a bike every once in a while on the long runs. Uh, and hand me water. That was amazing. Those guys are all forever be thankful for them. But there were plenty of days, you know, I, I remember my 213 marathon, I needed to do my 27 miler on my own uh, out there in Tucson. And, uh, you know, you're doing a 27 miler, you're probably averaging about 530 to 550 pace um, overall. And that was, yeah, <laughs> you kind of have to play every cliche in the book to keep you roll, rolling on that one just because you're, you're out on your own. It's good to have those guys handing you water and stuff, though, out there with you. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If you have friends and they're willing, it's it, just the energy of them being there is, makes a difference. Yeah, I've had some really grueling runs where, you know, I've been running with other people and we've gotten through it. I've had some other runs that shouldn't have been so grueling and I was by myself and I was just like, this is terrible. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I think having people with you um, is just paramount to, 
you know, I mean, it's more fun, first of all, but also it's, it's great to have that other energy there to help get you through the tough stuff. And this is why I recommend people join a, a like a local running club or running group, um, mm. to do the training with other people because you'll, you'll always find people that kind of run at your, about your pace. And then you start to develop, uh, friendships and mm-hmm. man, it makes that training, so much easier and it makes it easier to just show up on those cold dark rainy you know saturday mornings you know and nobody else feels like getting out there yeah it holds you accountable again you know it's that decision process you want to have one decision that you make and that's this is what i want to do i i'm deciding i want to be in boston then there shouldn't be too many other decisions left and having a group that keeps you accountable makes it so that your morning run isn't a decision. It's just something you do. You go meet your friends. Uh, you have to do it. Um, so it's not getting up and saying, oh, should I go? That never even comes into play. And the fewer times you have that, the more likely you'll be successful. Awesome. So what's next for you? You got any goals coming up here? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to do. Um, you know, I've been a lawyer uh, here in Colorado Springs for five years now. Um, and so uh, relatively, I get my practice is still um, new. So the goal is to continue that that's going well and uh, really enjoying practicing. And I've, I've got a good firm right now. Um, but I do need uh I'd like to get something else out there and I haven't quite decided what it is. And, uh, I guess stay tuned. We're still kind of figuring out what's going to be the replacement because it, it is nice to have those goals. I miss that. Yeah. Do you still get out and run regularly? Uh, I haven't done a whole lot of running in the past couple years. Uh, I'll do a little bit of mountain biking and try to get out there. Uh, I've always loved skiing and snowboarding. So that's, that's been a lot of fun. And, um, I think I might pick it up again. Um, but, uh, maybe when I have a bit more time to kind of focus on the therapy portion of it, uh, mm-hmm. towards the later part of my career, my hips were so tight that I couldn't sit for more than 10 minutes at a time. So, uh, maybe when the kids are, kids are a little older and um and the you know you have a little bit more time to focus on physical therapy part part of it maybe i'll pick them up but yeah i don't know we'll see (laughs) well you live in a great place and you've got lots of options out there so you know sounds like you're staying plenty active so awesome yeah 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 and you know it just kind of takes one of those things to get get excited about um so i'm kind of looking for something to get fired up on and then once once we see that we'll we'll get the family on board and and go after it but yeah still looking (laughs) cool well Ian, i just want to say thank you for um taking the time to chat with me about your running experience and you know how you've managed to accomplish some amazing things um it's been really fun yeah thank you for having me i appreciate it did you know that most runners fail to reach their goals it's not because of lack of training or lack of desire Whether it's running faster or running farther, I believe most runners just haven't developed the mental toughness they need to get them across the finish line. 
That's why I created a step-by-step training called How to Build Mental Toughness and Become a Badass Runner. I want to show you how to train your mind so you can tough it out when the going gets tough. And the best part? This comprehensive training is yours absolutely free. To get it right now, just go to innerfiretribe.com slash badass and get started today. Thank you.